everybody. It is time for Carb Thoughts with David, episode 36. And, man, I mean, what a wild ride. I mean, I'm at almost four, oh, sorry, I can't add right quick, five weeks of podcasting. You know, five complete weeks of podcasting almost under my belt. And I'm still going strong. And I'm going strong because of you guys. You guys are so wonderful for listening, um, you know, for following, uh, liking my Facebook page, following me on Twitter, um, you know, and I just really appreciate that. And if you're looking for my Facebook page, uh, it's the name of the show, Car Thoughts with David. Um, if you're looking for my Twitter or my Patreon page, uh, at Car Thoughts with Dave, you'll know them because you'll see my white Volkswagen Passat plastered all over the pages. And, um, yeah, so you'll know it's me. Uh, Feel free to say hi. Feel free to let me know what's going on. Tell me a little bit about your car, uh, how many miles it has, a memory that you have with your car. I'd love to hear it. Um, You know, because my car has kind of become a part of the show as one of my avid uh, followers, Tariq, has said, you know, he actually pointed out, he's like, dude, I don't think you can stop doing this show in your car, you know, because the sounds, the the, the clicks, the ticks, the, the, the wind, the, in this case right now, the rain, um, you know, is a part of the show. It's, it's the background track to what you're saying. And, um, you know, I thought that was really cool. It really resonated with me because, you know, I just thought, of, oh, I'm in my car Nobody can bother me while I'm here. Um, I can't do any work uh, on my book or anything else, so this is the perfect time to record. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, our cars do kind of become a home away from home in a way because we're in them so much, especially if you're in America because, you know, we all work so much these days, you know, we're working more and getting less. Um, you know, and, and having to hustle harder every day um, to make it. And, and so, you know, this is kind of like a refuge or a safe place for us, um, you know, to live and to exist um, outside of the world. We're kind of like in our own bubbles. And so, yeah, that's kind of cool, really, you know, when you think about it. Um, but what... Um, and what I want to talk to you guys about today is just is just focusing on what matters, you know, and then of course at the same time not being afraid to take a break. You know, um, I'm writing a science fiction book, and it's been really great. It's been really awesome, and I'm having a lot of fun doing it. But at the same time, you know, I kind of start my popularity on social media start blowing up, and I, I kind of let the book go to the side, and, you know, I took a little break from it. I needed to kind of recharge the batteries. I wanted to make sure, because one thing I don't try and do, and I, I don't know if this is right or wrong, because I'm not a... There's the road, okay. <laughs> I'm not a... Uh, by the way, there was looked like there was some possibly a retread in the road, so sorry about that noise, but that's part of the show now, so cool. Uh, anyway, um, you know, 
one thing I, I'm trying to do, and I don't know if it's right or wrong, is writer because I have not been a writer very long in Italy. But what I'm trying to accomplish is I'm trying to sit down with them, actually inspired to write and not force the creative process, not um, not try and make my mind work to the point where I'm just putting out something just to put something in. You know, I want it to be kind of genuine. I want it to be kind of authentic. I want it to be creative. I want it to be the message I want to tell, and I don't want to force it to the point where it's just like, okay, I'm trying to break out this book. Because, quite frankly, you know, this book doesn't take off and people don't respond well to it and it just becomes something that sits on the shelf and collects dust and only sells like 10 or 12 copies, most of which probably to my parents. Um, <laughs> you know, I, uh, I'll still be working a regular job, so you know, I want it to be the best that it can be. I want it to be a story that I want to tell. And the one thing that I love is I accidentally created this massive universe. Um, so I have a potential of writing many books, many hundreds of books in this universe about different people who are separated by time and space. They would never actually be able to meet each other. Um, you know, they, they would be, you know, long since dead or not yet born or, you know, whatever because of how things panned out for us on Earth and how we decided to move on and try and save humanity from the, the impending extinction as we, you know, finally started using up the last valuable resources, um, you know, and, and decided that we needed to get off the planet. And so, you know, as part of that, you know, there's a small contingent of scientists that are left on the Earth that are trying to just do research and um, genetic research on plants and animals and to bring back the species of, of animals that have become extinct. And it's a small group, you know, maybe a million people still living on the earth and everyone else is kind of just left or died from disease or, you know, any of the number of tragedies that have happened on earth while we tried to brush ourselves off the planet once we realized that, oops, we went too far, uh, we need to rethink this and we need to get the heck out. So a small group of people decided to stay um, and uh, work on letting the earth heal itself, if that's even possible, letting those resources, making the earth basically the equivalent of a universal um, uh, park, you know, a, a safe haven, a sanctuary um, for life. And once they get done with their research and get things up and running, just let the earth return. But naturally, you know, for them to eventually leave as well and maybe give the earth, you know, the time it needs and make it like a tourist destination, like a national park today, where people can come visit, but there's really, you're not going to live there, you know, uh, there's no industry, the city to kind of return to, um, 
weapons, uh, bombs that go off and just put uh, proteins and um, you know, genetic material back into the sky and let it fall back to Earth and just kind of reheal the planet. You know, basically put one big band-aid on the planet, you know, kiss the boo-boo, put the band-aid on, and leave, you know. Um, and that's not the story I'm writing right now, uh, but that's the basis of how the story that I'm writing right now got started. And so we just scattered. We just went everywhere. Everybody built ships, picked the planets, and shuttled off as fast as they could to get to those planets. Um, we weren't really prepared for it. We weren't really ready for it, but we did it because we didn't really have any choice. And, you know, as humans, we like to wait till the very last minute. You know, we're standing there in the tax office at, you know, 4.59 p.m. with our tax documentation to get that stuff mailed off to them. And, you know, we were going to wait till the last second. So, you know, that is kind of where the story starts and uh, where the origin is. And from there, I mean, I could write stories about any of those people or any of those places or those ships or the planets that, that people have made it to already. And, you know, when I started off writing the book, my only goal was is my father uh, is a huge reader of science fiction. He's a huge reader of fiction. I mean, he literally has read every single science fiction and fiction novel in the library to the point where before they did what I'm about to tell you about, um, he would literally call the library and they would give him a list of all of the new books that they got in in science fiction and fiction. And then he would go to the library and pick up a couple of those books and then he would read them and he'd return them and he'd pick up a couple more books. I mean, he literally, he eats books for breakfast. I mean, you know, he reads, you know, three to four books, you know, every couple weeks, you know, um, he reads them one at a time. I know there's a new trend. I've seen some people that are actually reading four or five books at a time, and they just kind of flip through them or, or walk through them really quickly, and they read like five to eight books a week. Um which is really amazing, and I've tried to do that myself um, with a combination of books and audiobooks. Because I'm part of that 10 books, 100 days challenge online, and uh, I got two books down, and you know, not that I could keep track of them, but it was—it's just so much easier for me to read one at a time because I can just burn through it. You know, I'm a speed reader when it comes to physical books. When it comes to audiobooks, I usually speed them up slightly, and I can just, you know, motor through them pretty quick um, while I'm doing other medium tasks, like doing the dishes, um, you know, working on things around the house, driving, which I really haven't really been doing that much of because I'm now doing the podcast, but at the same time, you know, I can't really motor through, you know, a book or two a week, um, you know, and I have fun. So as my father did this, you know, eventually the, the local web or the local uh, 
library update their website where they post every week what new books they get in online. And they mailed my dad. He was probably one of the first people, if I'm not mistaken, to get the link to their new page that put out every book that they get in each week or month or however the, um, the distribution goes. I don't know too much about it just because the last time I was in the library, um, you know, I was a much younger well, no, I, I, I was, it's probably been about four or five years. I was going to say much younger, but I have actually driven my dad to the library before, um, you know, just because he was sitting there and we were talking and I was spending time with him. And he's like, I need to go to the library. And I was like, well, cool, I'll go with you. I'm not going to rent a book, um, but I'll go with you, you know, and, and just to hang out with you. So, you know, he's a... Uh, an avid reader, and that's what really was my biggest inspiration, is I wanted to write a book. I've always kind of wanted to write a book. I've been told by so many people that I needed to write a book. Um, but most people have told me, you need to write a book about your life because it's so weird and so unusual and so crazy. You know, you need to write this down and share this story. Um, but, you know, I've always wanted to write a science fiction book because I've read so many of them. I mean, I, will, I grew up reading Star Wars novels. I grew up reading Lewis the War books. Um, I grew up reading, you know, fantasy novels because that's what my dad had that I could read. That's why I'd go to the grocery, um, to the library and get. That's why I would go and I would literally blow all post all of my allowance money on um, every week as a teenager. Uh, you know, I would when we would go out to the grocery store. I would be like helping my mom. Yeah, because she would split up the list. She would give me a third of the list. She would give my sister a third of the list. She'd keep a third of the list. We'd all grab parts and we would just go through the store and go grocery shopping every Tuesday. That was part of our our thing. So I would get all of my list completed, and then I would run to the to the book and magazine hub. You know, where all the, the miscellaneous oddball wadded and stuff in a grocery store, like motor oil, um, paper plates, paper towels, toys, books, magazines, and, you know, other weird odds and ends would be. And so, you know, I'd go there and I would see another Star Wars novel that I hadn't read yet, and I would buy it, I would, or I'd buy two of them if I could. You know, whatever the case may be, I'd get as many of them as I could afford that. And um, then I'd read them. I mean, probably the quickest book I ever went through, and I know a lot of people didn't actually like this book. I don't know why, because it was actually a really cool premise. I thought the story was really good, but it was The Crystal Star. And I literally sat down and powered through that book and read it in the course of about five hours. I mean, I just was mesmerized, and I had to keep going. I tried several times to put it down, and I think really the only times I remember putting it down, I was actually, like, had to go to the bathroom or had to get a glass of water. But right after that, I instantaneously went back to the book, and... I started reading, and, um, you know, I was just so excited. And my friend, my good friend uh, Jonathan at the time, had actually been reading the book for about a month, he's the one who told me about it, and, you know, I called him, uh, that morning, I was like, dude, I'm going out to buy 
the Crystal Star today. I'm super excited. And I called him that evening. And I was like, dude, I just finished reading the book. Um, it is awesome. And he's like, holy crap, how did you do that? And I was just like, man, I just started reading. The next thing you know, I was at the end. You know, it was only 300 and some odd pages. I want to say like 330-something. Um, I'd have to go back and look at the book. I think I've got it in my parents' attic. Um, at that time, I didn't really go back and read books uh, or reread books, I mean. Uh, so, you know, for me, you know, it was kind of a, okay, I read it, I'm done. It goes on my shelf of books I've read, and I might revisit it someday, but right now I've got too many other books to read. And, you know, I did that. I repeated that pattern for a long time, and I eventually got to the point where at one point I had read every single Star Wars book that had ever been written. Um, I never really got much into reading the Star Trek books. Not that I was not a fan of Star Trek. I just um, never saw any of the books that really caught my eye or drew my attention enough that I wanted to sit down and read them. Um, but I did read other science fiction. And at the same time, I actually read a lot of, you know, more recently I've read a lot more uh, fantasy fiction. And I apologize, it is really pouring out here right now. I'm actually sitting in the parking lot waiting for the rain to kind of cut back a little bit, um, you know, so I can uh, head on, on in. And, um, yeah, so, you know, it's, um, you know, I, I, there's actually several series of books that I've read multiple times more recently, uh, like the Ranger Apprentice series by... Uh, John Flanagan. Um, I've read that entire series along with the other series he wrote, The Brother Band Chronicles. I've read the entire series uh, eight or nine times each. Um, uh, the Percy Jackson series and the other series by Rick Rorden, uh that, that deals with the Roman gods and the crossover between um, Percy Jackson and I can't think of guy, the main character in the other one's uh, name. But, you know, I've read those series both about twice. Um, I need to go through them again because obviously some information starting to slip. <laughs> and they're fantastic books, every last one of them. They're really cool. I know it's funny because I'm reading these, these youth novels, but, I mean, there's, they're really great, well-written books. And that's the way you learn to write well, is to read uh, books that are well-written. Um, you know, imitation is really the best way to learn how to do something. And, you know, you've heard me talk about Benjamin Franklin and how he would cut up newspaper articles and magazine articles and figure out how these people wrote these articles and what drove them to write them in the way that they wrote them. And that's how he improved his writing skills. And so consumption is the key to um, getting better at anything that you want to try. If you want to get better at making videos and posting videos to YouTube, watch a bunch of videos on YouTube that you like and learn. Sit down with a piece of paper or a voice recorder or something. And as you're watching these, pause them. Write down your quick thought, you know, what you learned from that that place and then go back and review that information and make your YouTube video and then post it and then watch your YouTube video and see what you think about it. Though I did make a confession to Tariq when we were at lunch the other day 
is that um, I've not actually listened to any of the episodes of my podcast. Not one. Um, I don't really actually have time to. Um, you know, I've got so much other stuff I'm doing. Just recording them is is time-consuming enough right now. You know, eventually I'll get to the point where I go back and rec- uh, listen to them. I might take a day or a weekend and just say, you know what, I'm not doing any podcasts. I'm just going to sit down and just listen to my podcast and see what David uh, Calvert, the podcaster, thinks about this podcast he's listening to, Car Thoughts with David. You know, would he approve of it? Would he, you know, now that I'm getting a little bit wiser, a little bit older, a little bit smarter about how to do these things, would I approve of this podcast? Would I listen to this podcast? So, and I kind of, in a way, didn't want to jinx it. I didn't want to go out there and listen to myself too soon and be like, yeah, this really sucks. Because um, just like I heard uh, in an interview on a podcast yesterday, um, you know, your first video that you do is going to suck. That's kind of like a prerequisite. You know, nobody goes out there the very first time if they've never done it before and you know, knocks it out of the park, you know, you're going to have a learning curve, and he said, you know, the first thing to really focus on is putting on that smile or starting to laugh before you hit the record button so that you're ready, um, and you're ready to move forward with what you're going to say, and people see that smile, they see that genuine you, and they gravitate towards that. And then after that, the more you do video, the more comfortable you'll get with it. You know, my first video was horrible. I didn't smile. I didn't laugh. Of course, I didn't have the knowledge that I have today. So, you know, that's what happens. You know, I I stumbled through it. I did a couple more videos. They kind of sucked. I've gotten better. And now, you know, I'm getting my feet under me. I know what I'm doing now. So it's the same with, it's the same with, Uh, writing or recording this podcast, you know, you're going to start out slow, you're going to start out small, you're going to make mistakes, and the important key is to not focus on those things, so just go out there and do it, and just keep doing it, and then get to the point where you're like, okay, I'm, I think I'm ready to critique myself, and see, I look to you guys as well. I'd love to hear critiques from you. What do you think I could do better? What do you think I could change? Because, you know, you're my audience. You're my, uh, you're my producers. You're my listeners. You're the reason I'm doing this. So it is a value to me to get your opinion and to ask you guys, what do you think I could improve upon? Because you know my podcast better than I do right now. Um, and it's not like I don't care about knowing about the podcast or studying it myself. But you guys have an experience with listening to podcasts. You know what you like. You know what you don't like. And obviously, for some of you that are out there that are listening to my podcast every day, you know what I'm about, what I'm doing. Um, I've, I've told you stories that I don't tell a lot of people. You know, like uh, the the issues I had with my family growing up and and my eating disorder. You know, I'm just now getting to the point where I'm actually sharing those stories with people and actually telling details that I've never told before because, you know, I I try to focus on the positive. But to go back and say, well, yeah, you know, 
Um, my, my extended family kind of treated me like crap. My aunts and uncles and grandparents didn't really, you know, understand what was going on and did everything they could to get my parents to force me to eat food, even though I had this eating disorder that no one really knew what it was. And, you know, so my goal is, is to create a, a fantastic show for you guys and something that you enjoy and to tell stories that are meaningful and impactful and change your lives and help you understand um you know, me and help you see the potential that you have you know and that's really what i'm trying to accomplish with this so getting your feedback is super valuable because if i can help you in any way shape or form if i can add value to your day if i can add value to your life and give you something that you can hold on to, then that is what, you know, my mission's accomplished. That is what I want to do. And so, you know, please, by all means, reach out. You know, let me know what you think. Tell me what you think I could approve upon. Tell me what you think I should do differently. Um, you know, um, you know, you're, like I said, you guys are, the, the reason I'm doing this, you know, and, and I thank you so much for listening. I really do. And because, you know, I go off on these tangents and I've always had these times where I've literally sat in my car and you guys are probably going to think I'm nuts unless you do this too. I've literally sat in my car and had these types of conversations and podcasted. But I wasn't doing a podcast. I was just sitting in my car, sitting in traffic, talking to myself, and kept wondering, because I didn't have headphones in, uh, if people just thought I was I had Bluetooth in my car. Well, of course, when I started doing this, Bluetooth didn't exist. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, wondering what was wrong with me, how, why I was sitting in my car talking to no one, um, poor child, he must have, uh, you know, um, multiple personality disorder or something because he's sitting here talking to himself or being in the South, maybe he's praying. <laughs> There's no telling. So, um, you know, it, this gives me the opportunity to, to throw ideas out there and to speak about stuff and to think about stuff. And it kind of gives me a way to journal it in a way to record my thoughts and to go back and look at them later and say, wow, okay, cool. You know, this is what was going on on this day, you know, in 2018, you know, this is what I was going through. This is what I was talking about. You know, man, was I really only that far in the book? Uh, what, did I really take, you know, almost a full two weeks off from writing and, uh, uh to, to, focus on other things or, or to, to consume more books to give me that extra oomph and creativity to continue writing. I mean, not that I needed it. I've got a fair idea of where I'm going with my story, but, you know, knowing the beginning and the end is not the important part. Knowing what's in the middle is what you have to write. You know, I started with the ship and the journey. I'm ending with where the ship ends up. Uh, and and stopping that story right there and I'll go back and revisit it but the journey that that the character makes in this book is 
what's important. That's the meat of the book. That's what I've got to write. And I want to make sure that when I'm writing it, I'm at my, you know, optimal, you know, creativity point for me. You know, and what I do when I sit down is I, I, if I'm inspired to write or I've got an idea of something I want to add into the story, I try and sit down and write it. And I try and bang out at least 1,000 words every time I sit down at my keyboard. And for me, that's kind of my personal goal. Um, I've heard of several writers who try and write five or 600 words every time they sit down, but they also have the luxury being established writers of not having another job they have to show up for. So with that in mind, you know, when I write, because I have another job, when I sit down to write, I've got to write more words than they do. I've got to work harder than they do because I'm establishing myself. They're already established. They have this money. They don't need to work a full-time job. I do. So I've got to hustle. And I've even considered after hearing those things from writers, actually bumping up to trying to write at least 1,200 words every time I sit down, or even more, maybe even 1,500 words. But, you know, I've got to do what works for me. So I'm going to stick with the 1,000 words um, every time I sit down method. And, and so far it's working. You know, so far it's doing well. So what I'm trying to say is is creativity is something that everyone has. We all have ideas. We all have dreams, visions, and goals, and um, one quote that I heard um, or, or from a friend, and it's, a, it's his quote, um, but I'm going to use it um, as uh, from a good friend in Crete, his name is Filippos, um, you know, we have to dream like children, um, live like wise old men, and hustle like teenagers, and what, yeah, so, um, or wise old people, I can't remember, gosh, yeah, okay, yeah, but anyway, you get what I'm trying to say, so, you know, the trick to creativity is just being your, your childlike self, thinking of those things, those cool things that you think are cool, and 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 recording that you know putting pen to paper pressing the record button on your on your phone um you know whatever it is that you're doing taking a blank canvas and turning it into a work of art you know or a blank digital canvas and turning it into a work of art and um yeah so that is literally what creativity is 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 doing that thing and we all can do it every one of us can do it i don't want to hear anybody on this that listens to this podcast saying yeah david's not telling the truth not everybody's creative everybody is creative everybody has something inside of them that they like to do that they enjoy to do that's creative Um, we just lose sight of that because as we grow up we have to join the corporate rat race we have to work we have to put food on the table we have to raise a family we have to take care of the cats and the dogs we have to you know go do this we have to go do that we get so busy we lose sight of that but as a child if you think back there are things that you really enjoyed doing like for instance you might have been a cheerleader in school 
or you might have been in the marching band, or you might have been in a um, you know school newspaper, or you know you might have been in a in a local band and competed in a battle of the bands uh, when you were a teenager, or any number of things that you did. You had that spark and that creativity. You might have been into martial arts and and been really good at it and gotten your black belt. You know, there's any number of things that you were good at that you had a desire to do. You had a drive and a passion to do. And as you became an adult, you stopped doing those things because you were an adult. And that's what I'm trying to change perceptions on is is once you become an adult, you don't have to give up that creative side. You don't have to do that. It's not for the chosen few. And uh, and you may not ever become a millionaire. You may not be a stand-up comedian and be the next Robin Williams. But you know what you can be? You know, you can come up with some jokes and come up with some ideas and do a little mini comedy show and invite some friends and family over and just do something creative and inventive and... Show your true self to them. You know, you may want to sit down and play a song, uh, you know, or learn an interesting birthday theme song for a friend. You know, one thing that I did for my brother-in-law, actually, for his uh, for his birthday one year, is I actually bought a guitar kit. And I, I mean, I, I bought the neck pre-made because I was not confident in that at all, but I bought the rest of the parts and I actually sanded the body. I stained it. I got it just right. I trimmed it. I clear coated it. Um, I wired everything in. I put the guitar together. Um, I signed my name on the headstock of the guitar. I put a number on the back. It was actually the second one I built because I built one right before that because I wanted to make sure I could do it and do it correctly um, because, you know, I'm definitely not a master luthier by any stretch of the imagination and probably never will be. But at the same time, I could buy this guitar kit and put it together for him. And, um, you know, so I went to his birthday party and I took him that that guitar that I had made, that I had put together, that I had assembled, I had painted it, I had wired it up, I had soldered all the connections myself, um, I had tested it, I had strung it and tuned it, put it in a case, and gave it to him. You know, And that was something creative that I was able to do for him because he wanted to learn to play guitar. He had always wanted to learn, and um, yeah, so that is what I did. And that's something that, you know, that's a customized thing that I did for him that I came up with. And that is what I'm talking about when I'm talking about creativity. It doesn't have to be some huge earth-shattering thing, but it's those things that we do that bring us the most enjoyment and pleasure. I loved putting that guitar together and painting it and sanding it. Well, I didn't paint it, staining it, sanding it, um, prepping it. You know, I, I spent days working on getting the color of the body just right with the right amount of stain and the right shades and everything and gain it to where I wanted it to look because I had this vision of what I wanted it to look like in my head <clears throat> and then putting everything together 
and you know laying it all out and 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 then sitting down and playing it for the first time and making sure it sounded the way i wanted it to sound you know in case i needed to go out and buy different pickups for it because uh, i just used the stock pickups that it came with but they were actually tuned to the style of the guitar that i was putting together for them which happened to be a gibson les, les paul uh, knockoff so it actually sounded like a gibson les paul except for it was like $250 versus $2,500. And um, yeah, so in doing all of that, like I said, it doesn't have to be this huge earth-shattering, life-altering change. Go out there and do little things. You'll eventually get up to the earth-shattering, life-changing stuff. You know, but start small. You don't have to start out trying to change the world in one day. Change the world over time. You've got time. You know, you have time. Don't buy into the lie that you don't. Make time. Take time. And do those things that matter to you. And I guarantee you that at the end of the day, you will be a happier, more grateful person because of it. Because you said, I'm going to take time and I'm going to do something that's creative. I'm going to let my inner child out. I'm going to let it run free and do something that's good for my soul. Your relationships will improve. Your ability to uh, think of more creative things will improve because as you exercise that muscle, it'll get more resilient. It'll get more defined and you'll be able to do more. You know, I'm out here running around like a crazy person doing all of this stuff and it's only because I've get, I'm getting this inspiration to do more as a result of taking those steps that I took three months ago. So that is that is what I will leave you guys with. Um, the rain has finally stopped. It's just drizzling now. So I hope you guys have a fantastic uh, Monday morning and a fantastic Monday all around. And uh, I will catch you guys tomorrow. So with that, uh, Car Thoughts out. Hey everybody, David here from Car Thoughts with David. And I just wanted to share some information with you. You guys have heard me talk about finding your way, finding your path, and starting your journey. Well, if you have decided that you want to start your own podcast, you might be thinking, well, David, that's great, but what do I do? How do I do this? You know, what works? What doesn't work, right? Well, I wrote a book. Because you can go back and find my episodes where I talk about all this stuff and listen to them. And that's all well and good. But sometimes it's easier just to have it in print where you can just see it, right? So I wrote the book called Introduction to Podcasting. Lessons learned, lessons shared. You can pick it up on Amazon on Kindle for 99 cents, less than a dollar. What? That's crazy, right? Less than a dollar, you can pick it up on Kindle. If you like to have a print book in your hands and you just like the way it feels, and trust me, I'm looking at this book right now, it's really well printed. I love Kindle publishing. You can pick it up for $5.50. So you can have a physical copy where you can take notes, where you can you know, keep stuff for quick reference while you're working on creating that awesome epic podcast that I know you're capable of creating. 
So by all means, if you're looking for ways, you're looking for advice, Introduction to Podcasting, Lessons Learned, Lessons Share is the book for you. Thank you guys. And I could not do any of this without your support. So when I say thank you, I mean it. Thank you.